going to continue with uh, our last uh, episode where we were uh, just talking about the Antichrist. Who is he? And we just sort of touched the surface and we wanted to uh, wrap up because there's a, there's a lot more to just who is he. Everybody's going to know who he is uh, by the time you get to the midpoint of the tribulation. But what people really are wondering is, you know, is he in the world today? Uh, where does he come from? And there's there's a lot of theories, there's a lot of conjecture, and uh, so you can chase a lot of these rabbits down. Uh, you can you can mirror that then to our Bible and come away with a few conclusions. Um, so we're going to just talk about a few of those conjectures. Um, and I, I can start just labeling a few of these, but one question is, you know, does he come from the, uh, what we would call the revived Roman Empire, or some would say from Europe? And that's one trail of thought uh, coming, and it, I think it has scriptural grounds because coming from Daniel, I believe that uh, theory is based on the fact of the ten toes on the on the image there from Daniel and the revived Roman Empire. So uh, that would say he comes from Europe. But then we have to talk about the idea that he uh, also comes, there's a theory that says he comes through the line of the Edomites. And uh, we were just discussing this. I, I, I mentioned the uh, history that the Edomites uh, left Jerusalem and were carried off in captivity in AD 70 by the Romans across to Rome and they settled north of Rome. So there is a hypothesis that he comes uh, from there. But then you mentioned... An entirely new hypothesis. There were some of the Edomites went a different direction. Yeah, that they they think some of them fled that Roman persecution and went east uh, somewhere into uh, Iran or Iraq, and that there's a pocket of the, them left over there. I don't know that for sure, but it is one idea. Yeah, and that this Antichrist may be an Edomite. Yes, the thing is, it doesn't really matter where he comes from. More, the, the thing that I look for is a power vacuum that allows him to come to power, because you know you can't get a new president until the power vacuum of the old is is leaving, and so really a lot of the. Uh, prophetic minds, we continue to look with interest at events that occur that will give a power vacuum for somebody on this, on it, with civil leadership to come to power. And it doesn't matter as much where he's from because biblically uh, we know that he could come from any of these places and still fit, you know, prophecy. We do know he will be part of that end times. Uh revived Roman Empire. Yes. Uh, it speaks of that image again that Daniel saw, that, or King Nebuchadnezzar saw, that Daniel interpreted. And when you get down to the feet and ten toes, there's, there's ten nations that give their allegiance to a centralized government and centralized uh, power who is headed by that Antichrist, 
and it even says that he overthrows some of them and and there's some inter warlike things going on but he he rises to power uh, from that but you have to remember that ancient roman empire divided into two halves uh, one went east and one went west and so he could come from Europe or he could come from what we call the Middle East. And still fit biblical prophecy. That's right. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many ways to look at, at the prophecy. The other thing is, is we, we, we always define the revived Roman Empire as being physically seated in Europe, where that may or may not be true. It's going to have a, a lot of the same lands that the uh, Roman Empire had, but it may not be seated there. If what you're saying is, is which is true, but if we mirror that or overlay it with prophecy, it, we could be talking about the Western or the Eastern. If it's the Eastern, then then we could just be talking about the, the land of the Middle East being mm-hmm. in that revived Roman Empire. Well, it's interesting that in the book of Revelation, it speaks of Babylon numerous times. And, of course, we know that that term refers to more than just the city. It uh, is referring to, uh, to a greater extent, uh, commerce and uh, religion and, and many other things. But the idea, uh, one idea, is that that becomes kind of a world power center uh, that leads up to the establishment of the Antichrist. Uh, Chuck Missler pointed out something that was extremely interesting. He he said if you look at the centers of power uh, during the church age, as they have migrated west uh, westward, that uh, there were times in Europe, Spain, Portugal was the head, and France, and then Great Britain, and we know in the 1800s uh, it was uh, British world empire, and then United States. We've been a power, and there's been some transition between those, and Chuck Messler said, be watching on the horizon and he said, China may be the next world power. He said it may not last long, but then he believed that it would move to, on further and go to Babylon. And uh, interesting when you look at all of that, what's happening today, whether we like it or not, China is rising. And it does speak of a of a, an army of 200 million people coming from the east that harasses the Antichrist. And uh, only China can put forth that kind of an army. Yes, yeah, they're the only one with the population. Yeah. And, uh, and they do have, actually, uh, within the last few years, 200 million in their reserve as uh, you know, foot soldiers, infantry. Yeah. So that's it's a possibility. There's a lot to consider with the Antichrist, but if you look at the the split between the Western and the Eastern, this means that we have to sort of look at our prophecy and and redefine our parameters because 
He could come from Rome. He could come from Europe. But this other is also true. It's also interesting because when they talk about the ten toes for years, and I, I remember when the European Union came together, and everybody was getting pretty excited when we hit nine and ten nations. But then we started breaking the pattern because then it went to 12 and 13 and, and it just climbed from there. So now that we don't know, um, they thought that was it. But I also find it interesting that the Arab League, uh, that there's been ten nations in that for many years. And uh, that that also fits the eastern area of the of the Roman Empire. And so we could be looking, and according to Daniel and the warfare and things that we see there, we could be uh, seeing him come more in the Middle East and be in charge of that region. Some well, people scoffed for a long time when the Bible talks about and the whole world will be able to see and watch what's going on in Jerusalem with the false prophet and the Antichrist and, and later with the uh, two witnesses. It says the whole world will see them killed by the Antichrist and see them lying in the street. Uh, I guess it's a live video feed feeding around the world, those two guys laying there. And uh, they revive and the whole world sees it. And, and yes. Until modern times, that was impossible. Yes. People scoffed and they said, ah, the whole world can't see that. They can today. Yes. And also the surveillance of individuals that you can't go anywhere and all of us have them in our pockets, uh, our cell phones. Even the poor nations of the world, they've got their cell phones. And the Antichrist will be able to watch all of us, even hear what we're saying and come after us. He's definitely going to have his army that's going to come at after God believers, believers in Jesus. Yes, that's an interesting fact too because a little over two years ago, the temple police who are tasked with uh, keeping up with the Temple Mount area, they installed 24-hour surveillance cameras, attached them to the web so you can now just Google it and look it up around the world and see a feed from multiple cameras of the Temple Mount. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, year-round. And that's never before been possible. But uh, that area is is really incredible with uh, the, the global uh, look. Uh, real quick, before we get out of time, though, one other thing that I want to make sure we visit about is 666. Everybody, when we talk about the Antichrist, they want to know... And, of course, from Revelation, when we, when we see, and this is his number, 666, everybody uh, has tried to put that to the names. And so, you know, it's almost gotten funny through the years, depending on if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you think uh, the opposite party that their candidate is the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. So Obama, Bush, uh, Hillary, I mean, we've, we've just gone through the gamut, everybody trying to say that that's the Antichrist, and that all of that's just hogwash. Yeah. Kissinger, uh, yes. he, he was it. For he a was it. Um, but what's your take on, on that number, and is there really any significance to that for us today? It fascinates me how many smart people have tried to figure out what that number really represents. 
And I think it's very obvious that we are not going to figure it out until the Antichrist himself uses it in whatever means he uses. And it's not necessarily the identifying mark that we identify the Antichrist with, but rather it's the mark he will use that is put upon us so he can identify us. Yes, as his followers. As his followers. And if you don't have that mark, you can't buy or sell or do any kind of trading. Yes. And that's a whole nother question we may have to answer uh, another day. What is the mark of the beast? That, that's uh, so many people wonder about it. The main thing, if you're a Christian, is uh, you're not going to have to worry about it. I don't think we're going to be here and have to make that decision. Well, again, the technology is here now. Yes. Uh, we, you can go to the veterinary and get a chip and have it put in your dog so that in case he gets off the leash and runs away, uh, you can go through the uh, appropriate channels on your phone and uh, get an app and locate your dog by that chip. And, and if we think we can do it with animals, uh, the livestock industry is thinking of doing the same thing for a good purpose to uh, track diseases and and uh, cut down on theft. But uh, imagine the Antichrist uh, being able to put a chip in us. And I find it interesting that uh, the Bible says that Mark 666 will be either on our foreheads or on the back of our right hand. Yes. Yeah. A lot to talk about just simply with the mark of the beast. So mm-hmm. we've, uh, we've, we've answered a little bit more about who the Antichrist is from a biblical perspective. And uh, we'll look at some more of these things. Well, uh, I, I would like to just conclude what I have to say with just out of Second Thessalonians, uh, just a word of hope to everyone. It says, Uh, For all of us who are believers, not to soon be shaken in mind or trouble, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you. In other words, don't be tricked. Uh, Don't be deceived by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition. Man of sin, son of perdition. Those are both terms that refer to the Antichrist. And the the word of hope here for us again in 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 2 and following are don't don't be shaken in mind or troubled. Uh, don't we don't have to worry about the Antichrist if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, I believe that uh, he will remove us uh, from the earth in what we know as the rapture before that man of sin is revealed. Amen. That's very good. And it's good to end on a good note yeah. um, and uh, in a one of hope. So we'll be uh, continuing to look at a few more uh, things along these lines in uh, some future episodes. But uh, for now, we're going to let everybody go. 
God bless you guys. Till next time. Mm-hmm.